You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, it was a little bit of a crazy weekend around the world of college football, and we're going to talk a little bit about what you should have learned from week four of the college football season as we are less than a month away from the start of Big Ten and Penn State football. Hi, everybody. I'm your host here, Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, as always, talking some Penn State football from a little bit of a national perspective. And yeah, I'm going to tell you why the lessons that I've learned from the first few weeks of the college football season, especially in week four, should be taken to heart as all Big Ten teams, including Penn State, prepare for the start of their season again less than a month away. We also have new poll information from the AP Top 25 and the Coaches Poll. See where Penn State fits into the national conversation before they have yet to play a game. And we're also going to have some fun breaking down Penn State's schedule just a little bit more as we continue to go a little bit more in-depth with what to expect out of Penn State and the 2020 schedule as it is. If you enjoy this content, make sure you subscribe in whatever podcasting app you're listening to right now, whether it's Apple iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher Radio, whatever you're using, hit that subscribe button. And then when the episode's over, go back and leave a rating and a review. Let us know what you think about today's episode and the podcast as a whole, because your feedback really helps us improve the show, make it something that you want to come back and subscribe to, as well as share with your friends and family and your fellow Penn State fans. You can also reach out to us in a variety of ways on social media by using the username LockedOnNittany on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitch. So with all that out of the way, guys, let's go ahead and get today's episode underway. So yes, back in my younger days, I did go through Cub Scouts. I know all about the motto of always being prepared. And I think that Be Prepared is actually one of the more underrated songs out of The Lion King. If you haven't listened to it in a while, go back and listen to it. But I also think it's really good advice for anybody that's sitting in the Big Ten, the Pac-12, even in the Mountain West and the MAC, as they get prepared to start their seasons later this year. I think it's a very good lesson to be learned by what's happening on the field these first few weeks of the season around the rest of college football, because quite honestly, it doesn't look like a lot of teams are prepared for the start of the season. Now, we all know that week one, week zero games traditionally in college football, they're probably going to have some of the sloppiest games. And it's really important to see how much teams improve from that first game of the season to their next games, because once you get on the field, you can go through all the practices and have all the good practices you want. But until you get on the field and go up against another opponent, that's when you really start to understand exactly where your team needs to improve the most or maybe where your team is better situated than you expected. But now that we're seeing some of these teams come out on the field during one of the most unique and bizarre off seasons we have ever seen, obviously the off season training regimens have certainly been altered to drastically across the country. And we've had players that have been opting out and for whatever reason or another teams just quite aren't quite on the same page that they would typically like to be going into the start of the season. So the first few weeks of the season have seen some sloppy games. They have seen some surprising results. And this weekend in particular was absolutely no exception. The defending national champion LSU Tigers were hosting the Mississippi State Bulldogs, of course, formerly coached by former Penn State offensive coordinator Joe Moorhead, now coached by Mike Leach. He brings in Stanford transfer quarterback KJ Costello, and now we get a chance to see what Mike Leach can do in the SEC. And obviously, I'm among the many who was very skeptical that this air raid style of offense was going to transition very well into the SEC. But it took one week, one week of one game for Mike Leach to lead a quarterback to setting a brand new SEC passing game record for a single game performance. KJ Castello going off for over 600 yards in Mississippi State's very surprising victory 
in Baton Rouge against the LSU Tigers. Now, keep in mind, this is not the same LSU team that won the national championship from last season. We knew that going into the season. LSU was certainly going to be ready to take a step back. I just didn't think it was going to be a major step back, even with all of the different players that they were not going to be having from last year's national championship roster. And of course, some coaching changes along the way as well. But I certainly did not expect Mississippi State to come into Tiger Stadium and just pass heavy all over LSU, a school that is very proud of their defensive back uh, you know, heritage. And I, I do know that they weren't playing without Stingley, one of their best defensive players. But still, while I'm not going to get too carried away with throwing Mississippi State into the SEC championship conversation just yet, I do think that it's probably more telling that LSU just simply wasn't quite prepared for the start of their season. Meanwhile, in the Big 12, we saw Oklahoma up big very early on against Kansas State, a Kansas State team that lost on their home field to Arkansas State just a few short weeks ago. And Kansas State chips away, comes all the way back from 35-14 deficit, and tops the Sooners, the team that was ranked number three in the AP Top 25 going into last week. So we've seen now Oklahoma, a perennial Big 12 contender, has already taken a hit this season because they weren't prepared to finish off a team that isn't really all that great offensively. Kansas State, I don't think, is going to be putting up a whole ton of points this year. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but certainly the the first week of the season showed you that Kansas State was going to be a little bit of a work in progress and probably not going to be a major drastic offensive threat on a regular basis, even in the Big 12. And now they go into Norman and come away with a victory against Oklahoma. That's two wins in a row for Chris Kleiman at Kansas State ahead of or against Oklahoma. And also in the Pac-12, or I'm sorry, in the Big 12, we saw Texas be hung on the ropes by Texas Tech. Texas Tech was blowing them out with just a couple minutes left to go in the game. Now, Texas Tech wasn't able to close it out. Texas uh, certainly looked vulnerable for much of the game. And that shows you, while while Texas did come back in wild fashion to win the game in overtime, that tells you that even the best teams that are out there in the country right now, outside of Clemson and outside of I guess Alabama, even though we just saw one game against Missouri, uh, there are a lot of teams that are going to be vulnerable at the start of the season. So a team like Penn State that was supposed to be going into the 2020 season with some high expectations to maybe contend for the Big Ten title, and, and including Ohio State, a team with national championship aspirations, these are programs and coaching staffs that need to be looking around what's happening around the rest of the country right now. Teams that are expected to contend are vulnerable because they're not going through the typical offseason. Now, the, the, the good thing is that Penn State and other Big Ten teams, they have this time to prepare for the start of their season, again, the weekend of October 24th. So they can try to learn from what's happening out there and adjust it to their game plan, adjust it to their new offseason prep going into the start of the season. And you hope that when you open up the, the conference schedule on that weekend of October 24th, that your teams are going to be in the best possible condition and shape to take on what's ahead of them in this eight-game conference schedule. Now, for Penn State, it's going to be a tricky one because they're going to have to play on the road in Indiana. If this is any indication of what's happening around the rest of the country, that is most certainly a dangerous spot to go to open up the season the way things have been shaping up so far. So we'll have to see if Penn State's able to avoid falling into the same kind of trap that we're seeing thrown out there across the country as it stands right now. For the last month, I've been working a lot of overtime at the day job. And for me, the biggest challenge has been keeping myself energized and 
avoiding hunger until I get to my lunch break. And the best way for me to be doing that has been with the Built Bars. That's right, Built Bars, they are back. They are more deliciouser than they've ever been before because they've got six brand new flavors to offer on top of their 12 original flavors that were already great to begin with. These new flavors include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, apple almond crisp, the perfect flavor for the fall if I say so myself. They're protein bars that taste just like a chocolate bar. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein and high fiber. They're great for any keto diet and they're great for anyone who's looking to lose or maintain weight. Check this out. The cookies and cream flavor that I mentioned earlier, 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams net carbs. How can you go wrong? If you want to check them out for yourself, go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on. You're going to get $10 off your next order. This promo code has been reset. So if you've used it before in the past, you can use it again now and still save yourself $10 off your next order. And while supplies last, they're even going to throw in a free cooler with your purchase. So use the promo code locked on, save $10 and possibly get that free cooler. One more time, go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. The weather's starting to get cooler, so you may start thinking about how to best make sure your vehicle is prepared for the cold months that are coming up ahead. And the best way to do that is to go to rockauto.com and check out all the parts that are available for your car or truck. And I say to do that because they offer some of the best prices you're going to find. This is a family business. They've been doing this for a very long time. They know what it takes to satisfy the customers with a great online experience. And they even have contactless delivery. That is great, especially in times like this. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com. Right now, you're going to enter the make and model of your car. It's going to bring you up the entire catalog of every part they have available for you. So if you're looking for something to brace for the snow and the winter conditions, this is the way to do it. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and then write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. We've now had a little over a week to really kind of look over Penn State's updated 2020 college football schedule that was released by the Big Ten just a couple of days after it announced that it was going to be playing this fall. Obviously, like I've said on a number of occasions, Penn State is going to begin its season finally on Saturday, October 24th. They'll be on the road at Indiana. And I'm going to take some time to go through the schedule a little bit more with some extra commentary from my point of view as I'm sitting here looking at it. But I do want to let you guys know in the next couple of episodes, we're actually going to take a look at best case scenarios and worst case scenarios for Penn State. But not to bury the lead, and I don't think I am because I've been saying this a number of times, I still think the schedule sets up pretty well for Penn State to have a very good record at the end of the year that should put them in place for a New Year's Six Bowl trip once again. And I'm not saying that's college football playoff, but I do feel like that's certainly in the realm of possibility. And I do think, though, that as long as we're having a New Year's Six the way that it has been held during the course of the college football playoff era, I do think that Penn State should be well-situated to get into one of those bowl games at the end of the year. Obviously, there are going to be some tricky spots, and we are going to be talking about some of those in the next couple of episodes as we go through our best-case scenario and worst-case scenario. Scenario. But today I just wanted to kind of go through the schedule one more time with you guys and kind of share some updated commentary that I have about those games as I've had a little bit more time to really think about each game individually. So we're not going to get too in-depth with matchups just yet and I do plan on bringing on some guests that we're going to see uh, talking about some of these other teams that Penn State is going to be playing this year. So I should have some fun leading up to the start of the season. But let's take a look at it, okay? So as I've said, Penn State season will start Saturday, October 24th at Indiana. 
Now, when I've looked at Penn State's schedule over the last couple versions of the schedule, I always looked at that Indiana game, certainly during the original schedule that was released you know, way back when. It feels like years ago at this point. I do feel as though, or I did feel as though, that that trip to Indiana was a little bit of a dangerous spot because it came after the Ohio State game, and it just didn't feel like a good spot to be in, win or lose against Ohio State. Going to Indiana was going to be pretty tricky. You're either coming off a loss against Ohio State that's kind of brutal and probably puts a dent in your potential outlook for the season, or you're coming off a win, and Indiana is not really a place to be trying to continue some momentum because Indiana can be tricky at home, and I still think they're going to be tricky at home. I think that Michael Penix, at quarterback, is going to be a dangerous player that Penn State's really going to have to be on their toes for. And again, I'm not saying that Penn State is in serious danger of starting the season 0-1, but it would not be the most shocking development if Indiana gives Penn State a good run. Indiana has given Penn State some good games, just in recent memory. And this is an Indiana team that won, what, eight games last year. So you know, I think the, the bar has been raised in Bloomington. But at the same time, it's still Indiana. This is not a program that's going to be a serious challenger in the Big Ten East. And they're going to get the big test right out of the gate with that home game against Penn State. And what I said earlier in this episode... Teams have to be prepared to hit the ground running when this season starts in the Big Ten because even if you are one of the best teams in your conference, like Oklahoma is in the Big 12 and Texas is in the Big 12, LSU probably still going to be one of the best teams in the SEC, I would think. These are teams that are showing that there's going to be some rust. There's going to be some vulnerabilities that you're going to have to plug as quickly as you possibly can. I don't think Indiana is a team that you really want to be facing in week one on the road in this type of season, the way things have been going. Again, if James Franklin and his staff have this team ready and prepared to avoid some of those setbacks that some other teams are having, that's great because they're going to need it, especially in this week one, because you cannot be caught looking ahead to your week two opponent when you start the season at Indiana. And who is that week two opponent? You know who it is. It's the Ohio State Buckeyes coming into Happy Valley. And we all know the history here, right? You know, Penn State has played Ohio State very well. Ohio State has just had the playmakers to make the key plays when they have needed them, where Penn State has not. And usually that comes down to the wide receiver position. But you know what the stakes are going to be in this game. doesn't matter what happens against Indiana. I don't think there's any way that Penn State can play for a Big Ten championship if they don't beat Ohio State. And I say that because even if Penn State loses to Ohio State and goes 7-1 and in the rest of the regular season, Ohio State would still have to lose twice <laughs> just to make that a possibility. So I don't count on that happening. So Penn State absolutely will have to take care of their own business against the Buckeyes. They're going to have to clear some hurdles here against a team that is widely regarded as not just the Big Ten favorite, but a very strong contender to win the national championship this year. I've seen a number of people picking Ohio State to win it all this year ahead of Clemson uh, and certainly be one of the most likely teams to be involved in the college football playoff yet again. I'm not saying anything otherwise. I'm saying all I'm saying is Penn State needs to beat Ohio State if they want to have a chance to win the Big Ten championship. And then potentially we can talk about the college football playoff if that it were to happen. But none of that is going to be a possibility if they don't beat Ohio State, as far as I see it. So uh, obviously, before the rest of the season to mean something in that Big Ten and national championship picture, you got to beat Ohio State in week two. So if Penn State can start the season off 2-0, I start to feel pretty good about their chances to go 3-0 because the week after Ohio State, Penn State will be hosting Maryland on November 7th. 
to back-to-back home games, and that's probably a good home game to have after Ohio State because while I do think that Maryland has potential to be a little bit of a problem and a thorn to some teams on its schedule, I don't know if this is the situation that they want to walk into. I still think that Penn State obviously is going to have the massive talent advantage. I think the running game is going to take care of business on the ground against the Terrapins. I don't think that Maryland is going to be much of a threat to Penn State this season. But I've been wrong. And as I've said, we have seen some we have seen some games and matchups where things have not gone quite according to plan this season. So I still feel pretty good about Penn State's chances against Maryland. And then all of a sudden you're starting to think, well, you know, two one is probably the more likely situation to be in when they hit the road once again in mid-November on November 14th at Nebraska. But a 3-0 team is going to be looking pretty good themselves right so i think that that maryland game certainly is a good game to have after that ohio state game obviously the easier opponent you can have after playing the buckeyes the better and i'm not saying that maryland is going to be a doormat but i do think that that is a good matchup to have for penn state regardless of what happens against ohio state getting maryland the next week at home uh, i think that should be a win so as i'm looking at these first three games i'm still thinking this is a two-on-one record uh, in the all likelihood going into their fourth game of the year, hitting that midway point on the road against Nebraska on November 14th. Now, like the Indiana game, I've said for a while, the road trip to Nebraska was something that I think should be a little bit of a concern when you look at Penn State's schedule because usually it was coming later in the year and it looked as though you know we'll have to wait and see what happens with Nebraska this year. But Nebraska has a real tough sled to slide uh, in these first few weeks of their season. They're going to play Ohio State. They're going to play Wisconsin. They're going to be playing Penn State. Uh, It is not an easy schedule for Nebraska to start the season. And they also have to play Northwestern. So Northwestern has given them a lot of problems since they came into the Big Ten. So Nebraska is going to have a a rough start to the season. So your hope is that Nebraska is probably reeling already by the time Penn State comes into town in Lincoln in week four of the Big Ten schedule. I don't know what to make of Nebraska. I think Nebraska is still a little bit of a wild card. I do like the fact that Penn State gets this road trip earlier in its season compared to where it was in previous versions of the schedule. I don't know if that ultimately means a whole lot because we don't really know what to make of Nebraska just yet. Are they going to be a true wild card? Are they going to be a team that is going to be a problem? I think it could be. I, I still think it could be a little bit of an issue, and I think it's the longest road trip of the year for Penn State. You know, anytime they've gone to Nebraska, uh, cer- certainly since Nebraska came into the Big Ten, it has been a, a little bit of a challenge for Penn State. They've lost both of their meetings out in Lincoln since Nebraska came into the Big Ten. This will be the third trip out there since uh, Nebraska joined the conference from the Big 12. But Penn State certainly has a a much better team overall, much more equipped to go on the road and take care of business against this Nebraska team. There's certainly, you know, the previous two times that Penn State played at Nebraska was during the Bill O'Brien era. So there was uh, a lot of stuff going on back in those days. And I just don't feel as though that's going to be as much of a concern. This roster is certainly much more stocked and ready to go and take care of business on the road against Nebraska. But if Nebraska is going to be as fun of a team as they think they still potentially could be under Scott Frost, maybe that's a big statement kind of opportunity for them. I don't know what to make of it. I still like Penn State's chances to be a no worse than 3-1 and one when they hit the midway point of their season. But what's going to happen in that second half of the season? We're going to take a look at those final four games on the 2020 Penn State schedule coming up in our next segment. 
After getting to mid-November, having played four games in their schedule for the 2020 season, Penn State will return home on November 21st to play the Iowa Hawkeyes, a team that has given Penn State the fits over the years, but not so much in more recent years. Penn State has certainly had Iowa's number the last few times they've gone out. The talent advantage has certainly shown in Penn State's victories against Iowa, but Penn State has had to fight to win against Iowa, and they're probably going to have to do so again this year. I still think that Iowa is a team that should always be taken seriously in that Big Ten West picture. Maybe this will be a year where they start to really bounce back and you know make a serious push for that Big Ten West. I don't think that that's all out of the realm of possibility, but... It seems as though when Iowa has to come to Penn State, that's when the differences between these two programs shines a little bit more in favor of Penn State. And I do think that that'll probably be the case once again. Assuming everybody is staying healthy throughout these first four weeks of the season, Penn State should be able to send Iowa home with a loss. But I do think they're going to have to fight for it because I do think that Iowa is going to be a team that's not going to be pushed over by any team in the Big Ten schedule this year. And this is going to be a big game for Iowa because anytime you got a crossover game against a team like Ohio, State or Penn State that's a very important game and in a tight race that could be like we'll see in the Big Ten West having every game is going to be very important if you can manage to swing it so if Iowa were to win this game against Penn State that would be huge for their chances of competing and winning in that Big Ten West division race but I don't think it's going to happen I still think that Penn State is going to be able to send Iowa home with the loss I do think that uh, through thick and thin Penn State will be able to make the plays that they're going to have to make the play in that second half to be able to put Iowa away for good. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, though. I just see no reason to expect a high-scoring outburst, and I don't think that there's any reason to suspect that the the team to score 20 points in this game is probably going to be the winner. <laughs> I think this is a, one of those kinds of a games. It's a defensive slugfest. And I think Penn State will be equipped to win it. They'll be able to scratch it together. This could be a sloppy game, could be a, a sluggish game. But hey, a win is a win at the end of the day. And getting to potentially 4-1, and one, that's not bad. Uh, hey, could be 5-0, and oh, but I think, as I'm saying, I still think that 4-1 and one is the realistic outlook for Penn State at this point. But then they go on the road. All right, a week after playing Iowa on November 28th, they're going to have to head to Michigan Stadium to play the Michigan Wolverines. Now, this is going to be the second most important game of the season, I think, for Penn State. First, of course, is that Ohio State game. But this is a game that Penn State has to have if they are going to ascend to some big things at the end of the season, whether it's a Big Ten championship or a spot in the college football playoff or just simply one of those spots in that New Year's Six Bowl lineup. This is a game they're going to have to have because Michigan, I still think, is going to be a player here in the Big Ten East. I'm certainly not writing them off uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Again, like Penn State, I don't think they're ready to say that they're better than Ohio State. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. But I do think that we see a better showing from Michigan than a lot of people are probably expecting. And I don't really understand why. I feel like Jim Harbaugh has had some good teams to work with. And yes, he's lost some big games along the way since his return to Ann Arbor as the head coach. I get that. And I've said before, I, I get all the criticisms that Jim Harbaugh tends to get as the head coach of a Michigan program that has yet to play for a Big Ten championship. Remember, Wisconsin has played for one. Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State. These are all teams that have played for a Big Ten championship. Michigan's still trying to crack their first appearance. But if they manage to get a win against Penn State, that's huge at this point in the season. Uh, we'll see where Michigan is. I mean, Michigan's got some challenges of their own on that schedule. But I, I'm certainly not looking at a game at Michigan as a automatic win or an automatic win for Penn State. There's just no way I would see that. 
So that's why it's very important to go back on the road, probably their second toughest road game of the season. The first one I think is going to be that Nebraska game. Uh, but going on the road in Ann Arbor, in Michigan Stadium, that's been a problem spot for Penn State over the years. And certainly in this series particularly, the last few years, home field advantage has been a decisive uh, advantage for that home team. Now, obviously, no fans in the stands. I don't know if that necessarily is a reason that Penn State has really struggled in Ann Arbor, but I think it's very important for James Franklin to have his guys ready to go and and try to find a way to win in Michigan. And this is not an automatic win by any stretch of the imagination. This is going to be one of the biggest challenges. And if Penn State were to lose this game, I would not at all be surprised. In fact, as I go through the schedules, I tend to mark this down as a potential loss for Penn State. I still think that Ohio State game is a loss. I think that if there's a second loss on the schedule, if it's not Nebraska by now, then it's probably this one right here. And obviously that would have a, a damaging effect on where Penn State would be going in that national picture. But there's still a lot of good reasons to be excited about where Penn State heads after this. Because after their game at Michigan, the schedule eases up a little bit for the last couple of games before that Big Ten Championship weekend. They're going to play on the road the following weekend, December 5th at Rutgers. I'm not looking at that game as too much of an intimidating factor for Penn State just yet. I do think it's a big game opportunity for Greg Schiano to maybe kind of send a statement to Penn State and his Rutgers program. Uh, but I don't think that there's any way that Rutgers at the end of the season is going to be able to keep pace with Penn State. I know what happened last year. <laughs> I get that. But I think this is going to be a little bit of a different situation this time around. It's also not the last game of the season. And then, of course, that last game of the regular season as scheduled will be December 12th at home against Michigan State. Not really sure what to make of Michigan State, but I think at the end of the season, we'll, have a, we'll obviously have a much better idea of what to expect out of the Spartans. But I still don't look at this Michigan State program as one that's going to come into the Happy Valley and leave with a win. So I think Penn State ends the regular season schedule as it currently sits with two wins under their belt. The question is, can they avoid the road losses at Nebraska and at Michigan? Can they avoid being upset at home by Iowa? How do they do against Ohio State? <laughs> I think that's going to be the, the biggest questions I have for Penn State as far as their schedule is concerned. Now, the, the, the Big Ten schedule is going to be a little bit different this year because on December 19th, you're having the Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis, as you traditionally do. But the schedule has a ninth game opportunity for the rest of the Big Ten. And the way they'll do that is you'll have your two division champions in that Big Ten championship game. But then you've got your second place versus your second place team, your third place team versus your third place team, fourth place versus fourth place, and so on and so forth until you get to the seventh place. The way I'm looking at it, I don't think there's any way to expect that Penn State is any lower than third place in the Big Ten East. I think it's very likely probably a second place finish. And if you start to look at across the division to see who Penn State is going to be paired up with, it's probably going to be one of three teams. It's going to be either Wisconsin, Minnesota, or maybe Iowa. I think they would try to avoid any kind of a rematch, so maybe they don't have a Penn State-Iowa matchup. So I, I think it's either Wisconsin or Minnesota. And to me, those games would be pretty fun. <laughs> Obviously, a revenge situation if you're going up against Minnesota. Uh, Wisconsin, it's been a couple years since you played Wisconsin, but uh, certainly a well-run program under Paul Christ. And you know what to expect out of Wisconsin. They're going to run the heck out of the football. And they're going to have some solid defensive line play, I would think. Uh, so that would be pretty interesting as well. I don't know exactly how the the home field is going to be situated for that or if they're playing on some kind of neutral field. So I don't know how they're working that out. I don't know if those details have been shared yet, but I'll certainly be keeping an eye out for that. 
But if they're going to follow through with that idea, Penn State's going to have a good opponent lined up for them in that final week of the season, regardless of who they're playing or where they're playing. Because if it's Wisconsin or Minnesota or Iowa, you're talking about a second, third place finish at worst, most likely, or you're playing in the Big Ten championship game. So Obviously, an exclamation point to end the regular season could bode well if you get the win there. And certainly, if you're in the Big Ten Championship, that bodes extra well. But we'll get to that point later on. But that's what I'm thinking. I think this is a pretty good schedule for Penn State. You get Ohio State very early in the year. Uh, win or lose, there's lots of time to get some work in and prove some points elsewhere along the way. Uh, you know, If you lose to Ohio State, you have plenty of time to rebound and put together some big wins uh, or statement wins that are going to impress the College Football Playoff Selection Committee when it comes time to making the playoff selections and, of course, uh, fielding that New Year's Six Bowl lineup. So, I still think that Penn State, if as long as everything goes according to plan from this point on, is in a pretty good spot for the 2020 season. Let me know what you think about the season. Like I said, in the next couple of episodes, we're going to go through best case scenarios and worst case scenarios, have some fun with that conversation, and then we're going to start taking a look at what to expect out of this team with some interviews and guests lined up on the podcast, hopefully very soon. And it's going to be pretty fun time. So make sure you are subscribed to this podcast on whatever podcasting app you may be listening to right now so you never miss a single episode as they come out. You can also reach out to us at any time on our social media platforms on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitch using the username LockedOnNittany. That's going to do it for today's episode. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash KevinMcGuire. Until next time, everybody, have a great day. Make sure you check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast. I'm over there with my man Ben Stevens talking some more schedule analysis as far as the entire Big Ten is concerned. You don't want to miss that as well. So until next time, everybody, have a great day. I'll talk to you later.